Welcome to the Daily Objective, day 20 of the war uh, in Israel. We I'm joined by Morgan Carter. Uh, we will be talking today about uh, why the Western media is, <clears throat> is siding with the terrorists. Uh, we put Hamas in the title just because uh, probably YouTube doesn't like the word terrorists in the title, although we have done that. But uh, yeah, before we get to the topic, just a couple of news updates. So um you know, there's the, the news that I would like to report uh, is uh, is not happening and doesn't look like it's going to happen. So I'm going to report whatever um, somewhat good news we can talk about, which is Israel uh, today uh, neutralized the number two uh, person in Hamas's uh, um, intelligence, the person who was involved in uh, in the planning of the October 7th attack. Uh, so that is some good news. There's also, um, Daniel, if you can share those images. Uh, th- these are images released by Israel to show that they're doing something. Now, again, the, that something is not um, near enough. Uh, can you share it in a way that that is basically the only thing that people see so that it's bigger? So these are the what you're about to see is before and after. If you're listening to this in the podcast, I'll describe it to you. It's before and after pictures of uh, uh some parts of of uh, Gaza a few neighborhoods uh it's it's you know it, it's nice enough to, to look at it would be nicer if it if there was more devastation and you zoomed out and there would still be more devastation until uh, you saw that all of Gaza strip is uh no longer a livable place which i think is uh, the minimum that we can ask from Israel to do at this point um all right daniel while you are working on that and by the way if it's not possible we can we can show it as a you know as, a, as an additional kind of third screen but it is better if uh everybody can see it there it is there it isn't we can't really see it but uh oh, there, there we go okay so this looks like an after picture is that uh is this okay is this the same place that we just saw this is the before right and this is the after yeah it looks like it has uh, improved over the past few weeks um yeah this is another one yeah if you can zoom in on that that yeah that looks yeah the people of gaza you know they have a pretty good uh, situation there you know they have, uh, parks and whatever that green stuff is and uh, nice homes is that is that the after no that's yep. that's still the before right no that's the after Oh, this is the after. All right, yeah, that yeah, that looks like uh, like it should, kind of. Although I think some uh, some homes are still there. All right, <clears throat> there there was more, but uh, yeah, we it's a thirty minute show and we're already five minutes into it. So uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the reason we do the reason I do these news updates at the beginning of the daily objective is so uh, um, people can get some of the updates. That again, there aren't many updates to give, uh, at least not today. Um, get some of this uh from a relatively friendly source unless you are pro Hamas in which case I'm not a friendly source uh and uh, you know we're kind of yeah kind of filtering out the the uh the um the views that you get along with uh the reporting in western media and the reporting itself is kind of uh, skewed as well 
So that is our topic today. Uh, Morgan, we've, uh, you know, we've talked about the BBC, which is especially bad. You know, this is, uh, uh, we see reporting that uh, Al Jazeera would be proud of. It is, uh, it, it, you know, they refuse to call Hamas a terrorist organization. Uh, their, their interviews, you know, they, they of course, uh, like many others, reported uh, the, the hospital bombing blood libel as if it was, uh, as if it was, you know, unquestionable fact. Um, and uh, I haven't seen them issue a non-apology the way the New York Times uh, has. You know, the, when you see them uh, interviewing anybody who is uh, from Israel or pro-Israel, they are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're hostile. It's hostile interviews. So, yeah, what, what are your uh, thoughts on, on that in general, on the BBC in particular? Yeah, I think it's a really good question why so many of the mainstream media outlets default to that kind of position. Um, the BBC is a good example. There's, and the Al Jazeera reference, yeah, Al Jazeera is one of the worst ones out there. There was also one I came across called the Daily Star, which I think is very interesting for discussing this. I think something we should just say at the outset is from the perspective of the other side of this issue, they see it inverted, which is probably quite typical, but the way they see it is that Western media is far too Israeli friendly is far too positive on Israel. And <clears throat> I think there's a number of things to say about that, which we'll come back to. But the BBC, I think there's a couple of things which goes on, which I think there isn't, these crimes aren't unique to the BBC, but I think fundamentally the way people react to what's happened in Israel betray a couple of key things. One, which is a deep kind of anti-principle perspective in how they think. Um, I think a deep influence of post-colonial thinking, I think that sometimes is underappreciated for how much that influences animus towards Israel and a pro-Palestine kind of feeling. Um, and then a deep Christian kind of thinking, which is just so deeply ingrained in people where they want to support the underdog no matter what, the weak side, almost no matter what they've done. And I think that's what drives a lot of it. Um, and I can get into that a little more. I actually kind of wanted to ask you, because you grew up in Israel, I mean, what was your perspective from Israel of outside media sources reporting on this like how did it seem from that perspective uh so I I look back to um <clears throat> 2002 when uh you know even even before that there was uh the, the Intifada started in 2000 the second Intifada um there was uh you know there there was uh the, the famous uh lynch in Ramallah uh Nikos has spoken about it I think on this channel as well uh where two Israeli reserve soldiers uh, took a wrong turn, ended up in the city of Ramallah, uh, uh, which is Palestinian controlled, were arrested by the Palestinian police. Of course, this is a part of the Palestinian Authority, which uh, is essentially, um, you know, Fatah, the, the PLO's, what, what was considered a terrorist organization and became a legitimate government through Israel's uh, um, peace deal with them, the Oslo Accords in 1993. So they arrested the soldiers, they held them in the station, uh, then the, the mob, uh, you know, found out, showed up, uh, lynched the two soldiers to death, you know, there's videos of them, uh, you know, they're in the police station, they're throwing them out of the uh, out of the window, I don't remember if they were dead at that time already, or, or, or not, you know, there's this famous picture, if, I'm sure if you I haven't done this, but if you Google image uh, Ramallah Lynch, one of the first pictures you'll see it is this this uh, 
Palestinian guy holding his hands up and his hands are covered in blood. And of course, the crowd is cheering. So it's just, you know, uh, and, and Ramallah, of course, is, is supposedly one of the not so bad uh, uh, so-called Palestinian cities. Uh, but the people, this is why this is why I reject this uh, separation between Hamas and the Palestinian people. The people heard that there are Jews in the police station, so they came and did, uh, and and as I've said before, lived the values of the Palestinian people and slaughtered them uh, like like they did, uh, like other Palestinians did to so many on October seventh. And the way this was reported at the time, I remember Israel Israel's response was um, to call up the Palestinians, say evacuate that police station because we're going to bomb it, and then they bombed the empty building. And, uh, you know, both uh, the Clinton administration, uh, I believe, condemned both sides, uh, condemned the lynch and condemned the response. Um, you know, Western media reported on it in, in much of the same way as they always report about Israel, which is, you know, at best they say, yeah, you know, this thing the Palestinians did is kind of not cool, but blah, 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 occupation. So... Yeah, I think this has always been the case. And in 2002, um, especially March 2002, when there were daily terrorist attacks in Israel, and then Israel went on a ground operation in the West Bank, uh, it, it, the way that was reported was really horrendous because they, they again, reported, uh, we talked about the so-called massacre in Janine, which was reported also the number 500 was given, 500 deaths, uh, the, the Palestinians said, and the Western media reported it as fact. Um, when journalists came in, I remember they said, you know, it smells like death. And uh, when the numbers actually came out, which was after a long investigation, because that's how Israel does things, uh, they report it, they report the findings after a months long investigation. Uh, they found out that 52 people, 52 Palestinians died, most of whom were terrorists. Uh, 23 Israeli soldiers died. And um yeah, and, and but the, the damage had already been done in the sense that uh, the Western media reported uh, the, the terrorist talking points, the um, mindless mob uh, in, in the West uh, flooded the cities with their uh, from the river to the sea chance. And so, yeah, uh, this is not something new, but it's never not infuriating to see. So I think one of the ways that Rand is useful for thinking about these kind of things is she has this view, which I'm trying to think exactly where she expresses it, but it kind of comes up all the time, is that people have a kind of deep need to feel like they are moral, like they're moral actors. And I think in times of crisis or, and or in times of international crisis, I think an important thing to understand is that people fall back on their moral views, even if on the day-to-day -day level, they kind of abandon them, they don't think about it too much. In times of pressure or crisis or emergency, they kind of fall back on what should I do? What do I need to do? And because they have this kind of deep Christianity ingrained into them, um, that is almost what comes out. They have it kind of automatized in their mind. And so it just comes out as a reaction. And I think that is what motivates a lot of this. And I think what's interesting about the influence of post-colonial thought on it as well is if you look at the way post-colonial kind of reasoning goes about this is it forms a lot of the same structure that I might use to be pro-Israel so for example they cite things like you need to be on the side of the victim there's 
people who have aggressed here and there are victims of that aggression and so on and so forth. They just completely invert the equation, if you like it. So it's the Palestinians who are being aggressed against. Um, they're the ones having violence done onto them. They are the occupied, whereas um, Israel is the colonizer. And I think what that kind of reasoning allows people to do is to feel like they are moral agents protesting a moral crime that's going on. And yet what they've actually, they are actually doing in reality is supporting an incredibly destructive kind of pro-death perspective instead of being pro-life and pro-civilization, which is what a kind of support of Israel would be. So they end up supporting Hamas, slaughtering and killing innocent people, whereas what they're claiming to be is on the side of the people who are the innocent civilians being murdered. So it allows them to invert the situation from its how they should properly perceive it and feeling like they're more. Um, I think that's what goes on with a lot of pro-Palestine support. And I think a lot of that is picked up in universities and then people at universities go on to work in media. And I think that's why you kind of see this expressed in the media very much. I think it's also worth pointing out that not all media establishments are as bad as that. Um, even if they're not perfect, broadly, let's say the right-wing media in the UK is better. So the Telegraph, the Spectator, to some extent, the Times, even the Daily Mail, even though the Daily Mail is complete rag, they broadly voice a kind of pro-Israel point of view. And even though they sometimes voice the kind of altruistic ceasefire perspective, they also are very good about Israel's right to self-defense and realize that there's something wrong about the calls for ceasefires. So those are my thoughts about yeah, I mean, I agree with you definitely about the Telegraph. Generally, when when there's any issue, uh, when I see the way it's being covered, and then I look at the Telegraph, I think, okay, that's better. And then, you know, for for a moment, I I you know think of them positively, and then I I realize if that's better, then we're really screwed. Like if this is what we are looking looking to for for you know better reporting. Um, yeah, there there are things that uh you know the the media. Uh, and and by the way, I think with news channels, maybe uh, I haven't watched GB News, but I think for you know the, the main news channels in the UK, they're all bad on this, all of them. Uh, and you know they uh, so they don't go full pro-terrorist like um, you know the use of the word genocide is something that is often repeated by uh, you know people who know who know what genocide means I guarantee you they all know the definition they all know that this is a lie they they know uh, you, you know even if they believe uh, Hamas death toll numbers uh, which which of course is you know if, if they do then they're lying to themselves but even if they believe that uh, they probably also believe Hamas's numbers when it comes to what the population of Gaza is. They they know Israel's military capabilities. They know what genocide means. This is a uh, this is an intentional lie that they keep repeating. Now, uh, uh, I haven't seen uh, the mainstream news channels or the mainstream uh, news shows on on channels the you know ITV and the like uh, use that word. But they have people on who use those words. So, uh, you know, there's um, there was this uh, controversy. Luckily, there's a bit of controversy around this. It's not completely uh, accepted by, yeah. you know, the entire public. But there, there was this controversy about this woman who was on ITV as some sort of uh, expert or journalist or something. And there's a video of her from uh, October 7th celebrating it celebrating you know uh like she's filming herself in the car uh you know saying what a victory this is and uh, nothing can take it away from us and so on so um 
yeah, that's and 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 by the way, you know, I I keep going back to this thing uh, John Was said on on a show where he said, you know, they're using our morality against us. I think they're using our, um, you know, kind of lack of coherent principled stance against us, and and this is what they do. Also, when you, you know you mentioned that uh, that the other side claims that the media is pro-Israel, I don't think anybody. Uh, as pro Hamas as they are, actually think, watch BBC's coverage and think that BBC is not on their side. But they will say that to pressure the BBC or counter pressure the BBC into continuing their current coverage or making it worse uh, than it or, or better by their standards. So yeah, I I don't believe any Palestinian uh, or, or pro Palestinian or anti Israeli uh, person who claims that the media, uh, you know, is biased in favor of Israel because, again, they're reporting Hamas uh, Hamas propaganda as news. Yeah, uh, there's a couple of things there. I mean, on uh, there being controversy around people being pro-Palestine in the news, there was Owen Jones, the, uh, the great journalist for The Guardian, appeared on Sky News and got into an argument with a Jewish lady about uh, the Hamas attack on Israel and he kept kind of deflecting and wanted to get back to, yes, but Israel has committed barbarities as well. And I was very pleased to see that that was a controversial enough moment that people still saw that and knew that there was, a, let's just be honest, an awful lot of bullshit going on there. So the the British, the great British public are not lost as of yet. Um, as to whether they honestly believe the BBC is pro-Israel or not, if you think about, like, why do I think the BBC is too pro-Palestine. It's essentially because kind of like what I was going to, that it's like, it's to do with my moral view that Israel is the victim who's been aggressed against and that by calling for ceasefires, what they're doing is actually siding with the aggressor. They're actually giving moral credence to the aggressor. And since they hold that kind of post-colonial perspective where it's inverted for them, um, I think that they see it the other way around, that the BBC, by not completely condemning Israel, by saying Israel may have a right to defend itself, it just has to do it in certain ways. They see that as giving credence to Israel. I think that's probably why they view it that way. Now, whether that's fundamentally honest, I don't know, but they might be able to delude themselves with that kind of reasoning, I think. Um, and then what you mentioned about mentioning genocide, I that is something that I do think is pretty much always dishonest because... If you think about in the Israeli-Palestine conflict, Israel was founded by a lot of the people who founded it at the time as a response to what happened in World War II. And by accusing Israel of genocide, it's a way of just really twisting the knife and making it sting uh, and putting a lot of moral guilt on Israel. I don't view the use of genocide, like you said, I don't think people are honestly mistaken about what it means. I think they're just really trying to make it sting. Uh, so I take a very dim view of the people who accuse Israel of committing genocide, one of whom is Owen Jones. So there you go. Yeah, and and so they know what Israel can do, what Israel is doing, what Israel is uh, holding back and, and not doing. They also know, um, you know, what the Palestinians do when they can. And they know that October 7th, you know, it, it ended in 1,400 deaths because that's as many as Hamas could, could kill. If they could have killed... Six million Jews in in uh, in Israel, they would have. They don't have that capability, or it wasn't, you know, a part of the phase one plan of this war. Um, so, yeah, they they know that they are siding with genocide, and yet accusing the other side of uh, of you know 
doing that. Um, so before we go, there's, uh, I don't know if you saw this. I saw just a clip. I didn't see the full interview. Uh, Rachel Riley was, uh, Rachel Riley is uh, for our non-UK audience. She uh, was a host. I, I don't know if she's still a host of Countdown, which is a interesting uh, game show. I recommend it. She's like a, she's a TV celebrity. Yeah, Countdown. Cats does Countdown, which is a kind of comedic version. Yeah. And um, uh so she, you know, she she's gotten in trouble uh, in the past because she, um, you know, speaks out against anti-Semitism, which is is a risky thing to do in the UK, especially nowadays. Um, and she was on the BBC. I saw like whatever somebody shared of it. I think it was less than a minute long, and she was, uh, you know, she was uh, accusing the BBC's coverage of of uh, being biased. And she was uh, one of the things she was saying was she was, you know, talking about the pregnant woman whose baby was, you know, cut out of her and then beheaded and then she was beheaded and the BBC said, well, this is not verified. Nobody's seen. And, and she said, well, no, journalists have seen these videos, the, these images and, uh, you know, journalists. Uh, so Israel is doing this thing where there, there are now more journalists uh, from around the world in Israel than, than ever before. Um, and Israel like sits them down shows them the video, takes them on tours of the, the kibbutzes and villages that were, uh, that were destroyed, and uh, you know, I saw I saw a, a, a TV uh, story about one such trip, and uh, you know, they're they're getting off the bus or the buses, and uh, uh, the person coordinating is checking that everybody's there, and then he goes, "Where's the BBC?" And of course, the BBC doesn't show up to these things. They they show up, you know, they're in Gaza, and they actually said this in in um, uh, one of the articles today. Uh, somebody from the BBC was uh, talking to conservative MPs and uh, they were questioning him about the coverage. And he said, well, we want to cover from, you know, we want to keep covering the story from uh, from different angles and from different places like Gaza. He didn't so much as say, you know, if we want to keep covering this from Gaza, we have to side with them. But that is that is the fact, you know, that is that is uh, the truth of the matter. You know, Israel will let the BBC uh, report from Israel while it's it's. Uh, you know, doing propaganda for its enemy, Hamas will not. You know, you say the wrong thing in Gaza, and you will suffer the fate that fourteen hundred Israelis suffered on October seventh. Yeah, um, I have a lot of good things to say about Rachel Riley. Um, she really stood up at an important time around Anne Simpson, really, when she was because she started. She came out as a kind of anti-Semitism activist uh, when Jeremy Corbyn was leader of the Labour Party and she was calling him out consistently for a lot of that stuff and that's when she started receiving a lot of online abuse about it and so I didn't know that she'd uh, been on the news talking about this but good for her um, yeah I one of the ways in which you can see media organizations have double standards concerning Israel is when they require higher standards for proof around things when they would report certain things as fact that even if they haven't verified it. And they require such a high level of verification for other things that it betrays a double standard. Um, and I think probably it sounds in that case that there is that kind of thing going on. Um, and it, and as you say, there's a huge number of journalists in Israel at the moment. I have a friend who's, in, who's a journalist in Israel at the moment. Maybe we should get him on the channel. And just like you can see it on, on their Facebook stories. If you go look at journalists in Israel you can find it on their Instagram story it's not and I'm not saying that's like a brilliant source of news but it isn't like this stuff is actually hard to come across it's important to be cautious in times of war um there is a lot of misinformation that flies around at first but from the sound of that interview that you described 
it sounds very suspect to me whether they, they were really concerned with having good epistemic standards or whether they were kind of, you know, feeling more sympathetic to one side than another. Yeah, by the way, I think I know who your friend is who is there because I think I saw him share it somewhere on social media. So yeah, we can talk about that off the air and uh, hopefully we can we can get him on as well. Um, yeah, well, uh, uh, thanks Morgan for joining me. The reality show uh, is going to begin in a few minutes. Uh, yeah, we wrap up now. I have time to get a cup of coffee. We're going to talk about Jews for Palestine. Uh, that's, well, it is what it sounds like. Uh, I'm going to be pretty harsh. I don't know what the other panelists will say. Uh, we'll find out soon enough. You look like you had something to add. No, I, uh, it's it's one I do have something to say, but I'm, I'm not going to be joining. But I just want to say it's my first time on uh, TDO. So I've, you know, I've made it to the big leagues. I've graduated. So uh, yeah, happy to be on. Uh, well, I appreciate that. But on the other hand, the way you say it makes the reality show sound <laughs> like a small leagues, which it, it is not. Uh, you know, they're both... Uh, equally important and uh yeah uh, bonnie thank you for the super chat uh and yeah we'll see you all uh in a few minutes on the reality show thanks